this is Haber Evans with your co-host, Eddie Wright Jr. on another day of Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, thank you for all being here today. Right now, Eddie is connecting with uh, Congressperson, uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, but I believe she's still on the floor and she has to vote right now. But we're hoping everything's going well, especially in the light of uh, COVID-19 and everything that's been happening. It's interesting to see, we have some great uh, people coming on today. We're gonna have um, Reverend Carrie Anderson from First AME Church. He's gonna speak, speak about the development of the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority. And if you haven't had an opportunity, he had an article in the editorial section of the Seattle Medium newspaper uh, last week on June 17th, where he said, addressing America's racism. It reads very well. I would recommend everybody pick it up. Also, we have uh, one of our guests is John Birchie. He's the training coordinator for the city of Seattle um, with the pre-apprenticeship uh, collaboration program, which is for young people between the ages of 16 and 26, those who are interested in getting into the construction field. So any of the listenership, if you know somebody wants to get into the trades, you would want to hear from John. And then we have Shikunde. Eddie? Yes, I'm on. Uh, Pastor Anderson should be calling on any second right now. Uh, I hope you explain to our listening audience that in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, I, I share with them. The you never can. Okay. okay, so Pastor Anderson's on the line right now. Eric, thank you very much. Uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, uh, esteemed pastor of uh, Seattle's First AMB Church and also an outstanding community leader. And one of the leaders that fought for the community to gain the building at 22nd and Jackson. So, Pastor Anderson, thank you so much for all that you do. I know that you've done a lot more if it wasn't for this COVID-19. But uh, why don't you just give our, our listeners a little update, not only about what the church is doing, but they're all the programs that you guys are involved with. Because I know that my daughter, Angela, was a speaker a couple of years ago at the legal forum that First Amy sponsors every year. And I know that my friend, Judge Leroy McCullough, has a lot to do with that. So welcome, Urban yeah. Court Northwestern. My friend and my brother, Eddie Rye, it's just good to be with you and your listeners, Radio View listeners, on this prestigious show. Let me just, first of all, give a shout-out to the work that you continue to do over the many, many years in this community, in this city, in this county, in this state, and this nation. And along with you, we celebrate your daughter, Angela, Rye and the work that she does on a national level to help us understand what's going on socially and politically in our world. So it's good to be with you, my friend and my brother. Uh, my co-host is Hayward Evans. You know him. He's he's busy in the vineyard as well. He's my co-host, so he's on the air as well. Well, so, I have to say hello to my brother and my dear friend Hayward Evans. He wants me to run for some kind of political you, office. I, I don't know if that's my assignment or industry. not, but he has put that in my ear more than one time. And again, to uh, Brother Evans, it's good to hear you and to know that you're working alongside uh, Brother Rye and taking care of the business at hand. Oh, thank you. So, Pastor Anderson, uh, we also, I want to thank you uh, publicly for all the work you did at being a stalwart and a leader in the McKinney Coalition, which ended up getting the legislation sponsored by Representative Sharon Santos, uh, House Bill 1918, that brought uh, that uh, SBI bill, the first SOIC brought here by Reverend McKinney. 
uh, and it's gone full circle. So uh, one thing about Sharon Tomiko Santos, Black Lives Matter to her. She's been consistent with affirmative action legislation and also being a sole sponsor, which uh, former state representative Jesse Weinberry said, I've never seen a sole sponsor piece of legislation go through the House and Senate without being challenged, without being amended. So we owe her a great debt of gratitude for bringing that back to the black community. And we really and, appreciate and her and leadership. we celebrate sir. the work that she does on the state level for us. Uh, Sharon Tamika Santos is not only a stalwart in our uh, Congress on the state level, but what I have learned about Sharon Tamika Santos is that what she says, she actually means. And if she doesn't mean it, she will not say it. And so, you know, it takes a group of people to make uh, the Senate move and to make the Congress move. Unless we demand for them to take action, nothing will happen. And so our voice went to the state uh, capitol, and she heard us and began to be the motivating factor to help make this uh, McKinney coalition uh, what it's going to become in the near future. And I'm excited about that, just to be a part with a very esteemed group of men and women to make that a reality. Praise God. Yes, all day. Oh, we have to when things like that happen. So I also want to say, now you had mentioned that Hayward Evans uh, had selected you to run for an office, huh? Whenever I see Brother Evans inside church or outside church or in the community, he said, Pastor Anson, you need to run for an office. You need to run for an office. I don't know if that's my assignment at this tick of the clock, but I certainly am humbled uh, for him to even think that I would uh, be um, a good quality candidate to even run for public office. I feel in my position as a pastor, uh, I am in public service. And so I, I look at that, uh, not just a religious leader, but a faith leader, as well as a social and political leader, all in one, without There's no, having the no question about to it. do so. Because uh, I can recall last year this time, uh, about a week uh, ago, we had uh, done an appreciation uh, event for Carolyn Riley Payne, who had been the actual oh, yes. director for the NAACP for almost 40 years, but she's now the president. That's of correct. the Seattle branch. So, uh, and, and a lot of that stuff. She's doing a fantastic job, Brother Evans. Yeah. But yeah, now her sister, uh, Carolina Spain's sister, is a stalwart member of, of uh, First AME, correct? Yes, she is. And I'll mention her name, Sister Deborah Riley. She is a stewardess in our church, one of the mothers, dearly sainted mothers of our church. And along with her daughter, we praise God for the Riley family. Matter of fact, most of our churches, we are so indebted during this COVID-19 season to see the dedication of our members. All of us have had to go to or move to online platforms to get the word out. So even though our church buildings have been shut, the word has not been shut because we have found a way, just as it's in our spiritual and social DNA. Black folk have always found a way to get the word out, even on plantations when they couldn't hear nobody pray. They were praying and singing songs that the slave masters were overhearing but did not understand. We were getting the word out. So that's a part of our DNA spiritually. 
And so we have moved to new platforms and new avenues. Our prayer meetings are still going forward. Our Bible studies are still going forward. Our worship services are still going forward. It's because we understand what it means to make brick without straw. And I mean, you said it now. There are a couple of uh, two or three signature events. I know some of your members involved with like the Sister City program. Uh, I think that might be Lou Rochelle. Uh, there's a Sister City program that that uh, that uh, uh, First Sam is involved with. Then there's a legal forum they're involved with. And right now we know a lot lots not going on. But why don't you just share with our listeners some of the uh, good work that uh, your members of your congregation and the church is sponsoring? Well, uh, those two programs are very vital, not only to our local society and local community and local church, but the Sisterhood program, Sarah Allen Sisterhood, uh, they are still planning their trips to Mother Africa. They're, they're, what they're doing on the local level, they're making face masks for the members and friends that need them with free of charge. And uh, they're still planning and programming and making sanitation uh, kits for young girls that are in school in Africa, which they take over themselves. And they package them, they send them over, and they spend about eight to ten days uh, working with these young girls who are in school, and they're able to continue to stay in school even when they're on their menstrual cycle thanks to the kits the menstrual uh, kits, that uh, feminine hygiene kits, rather, that they have made. Uh, in Africa, when a girl is on her period, she's not allowed to be in the assembly, not allowed to be in school. And so uh, this group, uh, headed by Lou Rochelle and others, thought it robbery to keep uh, young girls from obtaining an education when they are brilliant in mind and brilliant in spirit. And so they are still doing their work. We support them and we pray with them and for them. They actually come here uh, when the church was open to, to do the sewing. We have some sometimes up to 100 people in that work. The Youth and Law Forum, which is now in its 30th year, has been renamed to the Judge Charles V. Johnson a well-known, high-esteemed, retired Superior Court judge and a member of First Amy Church. Uh, we've renamed it the Judge Charles B. Johnson Youth and Law Forum. And Brother Rye and uh, Brother uh, Hayward Evans, you, you very well know uh, one of our speakers just a few years ago was the esteemed uh, lawyer, uh, Angela Rye, who just brought the house down. And she came and she set us on fire, encouraged our hearts, and motivated our spirits to serve, to work, and to do uh, the work that God has called us to do in making and creating social change. One of the other things I'm extremely proud of, First Day of Me Church, for the past three months, since March, has been giving away hundreds and hundreds of uh, grocery bags, free of charge, and uh, we have an array of volunteers headed by our missionaries, and they're staging right now for a Friday. Uh, we call it our Friday drive-by. And we serve every week over 150, 200 people, and they come in, they just drive up through the parking lot, and they're given bags of groceries. And I'm not just talking about cheese and, and butter. I'm talking about milk. I'm talking about meats. 
I'm talking about staple products that can feed a family up to one solid week. And we've been doing that very consistently, and we're thanking God for our partners that help us in uh, the food distribution. And one of some of the other congregations uh, give volunteer support uh, so that uh, we can do this with uh, from one to three o'clock. We're, we're, we've given away nearly 200 bags of groceries to families just by driving through the parking lot. Well, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Anderson, while we wait for uh, Congresswoman uh, Maxine Waters, I want to take a break because I promise you, you'd meet her on the phone today. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a break early. I want you to stay on the line. Uh, we're going to take okay. our break now while we wait for Congresswoman Waters. So, Eric, why don't we take our break now and we'll come back with Carrie, Pastor Kerry Anderson still on the line. And we also going to see if Hayward Evans has a question or two. So we'll take a break and come back. Thank you. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill in the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. Eddie Ryan here with Evans back at Urban Forum Northwest uh, with Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, the senior pastor of Seattle's First AME Church, uh, community and city and state and national leader extraordinaire. And we're trying to wait for Congresswoman Waters to cast her ballot. Uh, and if it's not right, we know she'll be there and fight until the end. But uh, uh, Pastor uh, Anderson, you were sharing uh, uh, some of the legacy, and I was uh, offline with telling folks know that uh, that uh, Judge Charles V. Johnson, uh, Bishop John Hurst Adams, uh, Reverend Cecil Murray, were all and Walter Huntley were all affiliated, uh, really, with getting camp started. Uh, that really came out of uh, uh, that almost out of first hand me, to be honest with you. And they didn't give me a bad time because I was a member of Mount Zion, but they, <laughs> we did work well together. So, and I know that I would, 
Reverend Cecil Murray, we, during the redlining era, and the first redlining report was released in 73, and I chaired the Central Seattle Community Council Housing Federation's uh, the housing committee, and we got the redlining report, and the, as usual, our pastors got busy, and we painted red line around the CD. So and uh, some of that still, I think, is archived somewhere about Reverend Cecil Murray. So we've always had been fortunate to have outspoken and active pastors from First Church, and we appreciate y'all. So what's and, on the horizon, uh, Pastor Anderson? Yeah, you know, we stand on the shoulders of greatness. Our black churches produced our black leaders, and our black leaders primarily came out of the black church experience. And as let's not forget the memory of the Reverend C.T. Vivian. Let's not re- forget right. the, to remember Congressman, the late Congressman John Robert Lewis. Both of those giant and stalwart men were black churchmen. And uh, they never forgot where they came from. I think some of the problem in the 21st century, as we have mobilized and we have moved up uh, in society, many times we reach a certain level in life and think that we have, quote, unquote, made it. And uh, therefore, we began to act different, act outside of our norm and our spiritual DNA, and we leave behind those shoulders which brought us to where we are today. COVID-19 is that very mechanism that reminds us how finite life really can be. And so it causes us to pause and to remember, reflect, and retool, always remembering that we all have a stake in this life and we must carry the torch Uh, to the next generation to make a difference in our world. I believe one of the lessons that we are learning through COVID-19 is no respecter of men or women. Anybody can get it, and everybody is susceptible to it. And so we must, as people of faith and people of conscience, live our lives so that we are here for such a short time to make our community, to make our society and our neighborhoods a little bit better in which we found it. And so, Pastor, I got an idea. Uh, We have other guests. I want you to want you to stay on on the line. But what I want to do is uh, get uh, Eric to call John Birchie. They're sponsoring a a a pre-apprenticeship program. And it's it's, uh, uh, virtual and they're targeting uh, young people 16 to 26. And Mm. I want you to hang on the line while we talk to John for a minute. Because like I said, I'm destined to get you down with Maxine Waters, Congresswoman Waters. Uh, if you, if, if your time permits, I want you to hang on with us until we get my home. My time is your time, my brother. Okay, we appreciate it. So if we could get John on, Bergey on, uh, he can go because uh, Pastor needs to hear this anyway. I'm sure there might be some 16 to 26-year-old folks in this congregation that might be looking yeah. for a livable wage to be able to buy a house in the CD when they finish the apprenticeship program. We, we have John Bershaw on the line, and we're trying to get this thing so that we, we have the same terms of what it's good. John Bershaw, are you on the line with us, brother? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, Hayward Evans and Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, the pastor of First Stand, he's on the line with us. So uh, I w- already mentioned uh, uh, the pre-apprenticeship regional collaboration you have. So why don't you share with our listeners what folks 16 to 26 can look forward to? 
That sounds great. I'd love to do that. Um, the RPAC, the Regional Pre-Apprenticeship Collaboration, it's uh, we are 400 on our listserv strong and about 50 active members every month um, get together to really make sure that all the players that are involved in outreach and recruitment and pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeship and support for retention of workers of color and women in the trades um, are well taken care of and supported in that process. And John, so let me stop you for COVID, a minute. I need to get a clarification. We're expecting a call from Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Eric, is uh, Congresswoman Waters on the line? She is now. Okay. So y'all just listen for a minute. We're going to hear from Congresswoman Waters, Eric. We're going to come back to you, okay? Uh, Congresswoman Waters? Congresswoman Waters. I like your hair. Yeah, it's good. Congresswoman Waters. No, that's good. Tell your mom I said I like it. Hello. Okay. Hello. Congresswoman Waters, Eddie Rye Jr., and hey, whatever's on the line. I'm doing fine. I want to let you know that we have uh, 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 Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson. He is the senior pastor at Seattle's First AME Church, where Reverend uh, Cecil Chip Murray used to be the senior pastor. He's on the line with us. And also, we have a gentleman by the name of John Birchie with the city of Seattle. Uh, They have a pre-apprenticeship program. They're going to focus on young people 16 to 26 to get them some jobs so they can move back to what used to be the black community. So anyway, I know your time is precious, but I want to make sure that uh, Pastor Carrie Anderson got a chance to meet you by phone and John Birchie. So uh, the next time she's in Seattle on a Sunday, Pastor Anderson, we'll get her there once we get rid of this, this COVID-19, probably be after there's a change at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But I'm not going to take up any more time because I want to hear from Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Thank you so much. Good to speak to you on Nick's show. I've been trying to get on here. Now we finally got some time. We're going to do this a lot more. Thank you. So I just wanted you to share with our listeners what you're working on, what the priorities are. We know that the pandemic is killing this, but uh, I just had a question about the fact that I don't recall them checking CEO salaries before the Trump administration dropped $1.5 trillion dollars on corporate Americans. I was just curious, but have a problem with $600 a week for laid off workers. Well, uh, the negotiations are going on right now on the HEROES Act, and it's tough. First of all, McConnell uh, took a long time to get in these negotiations, and I'm worried about our renters. I have in the HEROES bill uh, a bill for $100 billion for our renters. Uh, because, you know, the federal eviction moratorium is over at the end of this month. Now, the only saving grace is they're not going to have this bill done, the HEROES Act. So they'll have 30 days, uh, but the landlords are going to start giving those notices. But they'll have 30 days before they can evict them, and hopefully we'll have this thing worked out. But it is not only that issue, but as you, you know, reference the $600, unemployment uh, amounts that we put on top of whatever unemployment you were getting, that's in danger right now. These Republicans are talking about $200. They say that people are not going back to work because they're making more money uh, with the $600 added to their unemployment than they would be making if they were working. And of course, we said if that's the case, 
you should have raised the minimum wage anyway. It, you know, it should be $15, and you wouldn't be talking about, you know, people, you know, $600 being more than they would be making uh, on their regular jobs. So these issues are really up uh, for grabs in this negotiation. It's a $3 trillion-plus bill, the HEROES bill, and $1 trillion of that is dedicated to the cities and to the states for the frontline workers. That's why we call it the HEROES bill. Uh, the other parts of this bill, you know, that have to do with the renters uh, and the homeowners being able to do forbearance so that if they can't pay uh, their mortgage payments, uh, they can get this forbearance, and actually it should be up for a whole year that can be negotiated. Uh, that's very important. I'm going to target some of that PPP money that we had left over to our smallest businesses and, of course, to our minority banks, our community development financial institutions, and some credit unions. But all of it depends on what comes out of this negotiation. And they are being tough. They said that it's too much money. Uh, you know, it's too much money when we're trying to spend it. But when they're spending it, there are no limits to it. So we're up against a tough group here. I can't wait till November comes because we can turn them all out. That's good news. <laughs> Congressman Waters, can you share with our listeners, uh, we know you're chair of the House Financial Services Committee, but what what agencies in the financial industry does that encompass? For my committee, we have um, all of the financial services agencies of government. For example, we have the SEC, we have the OCC, we have the Feds, we have the Treasury, and we have the FDIC. So that means, you know, all of the oversight for the banking uh, and investment community is in my uh, jurisdiction. I also have all of HUD. I have all of HUD. In HUD, I will have all of the, I have all of the public housing. I have fair housing. Uh, I have Section 8. Uh, I have CDBG. And so it's very important for our communities. And when you add, to, we add to that the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, uh, that basically makes up, you know, what what uh, I have jurisdiction on. I have all of Wall Street, and so uh, it's a big committee. It's an important committee, but so much of the work that we do is not seen, or even you know even understood how we are here fighting. For example, I have the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that was created with the Dodd-Frank reforms uh, that I was a part of. I served on the conference committee. And this is where we deal with payday loans. We deal with all of these rip-offs, you know, rent-to-own, all that crap, comes in here to protect consumers. And since we did it 10 years ago, as a matter of fact, I think of today or yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of the Dodd-Frank reforms. They have rolled it back since they have been in office, and we got to take it back. Uh, when the Democrats take back uh, the White House and take back uh, the House and the Senate. So th that's all under my jurisdiction. A lot of work, uh, but, you know, a lot of people don't know how much harm is done uh, by those who are organized in business simply to rip people off and to take from the most vulnerable people in our society. Every scheme, Every rip-off scheme is directed toward black people and, and uh, Latinos and minorities. 
Well, you know, I, I had Pastor Anderson, for all, I want to make sure that he has an opportunity, he has a question or a comment for you. Well, uh, to our Congresswoman, our esteemed Congresswoman Maxine Waters, we just want to commend the work that you have done over the many, many years. Like you, I'm a Californian by nativity, but I'm from the Bay Area, the Oakland, San Francisco area, but have admired you down through the years of my 60-plus years of living for the work that you have done uh, not only in uh, Los Angeles, but what you have taken uh, to Washington, D.C., to set the course that has been crooked to make it straight. And so we just love the work that you do. You have our undivided support, and we just commend you for your courageous work as one of our Congresswomen. Well, I want to thank you so much for that. That's what keeps me going. Uh, when, you know, I hear from people who understand uh, the work that I've been involved with for so many years and the successes that we have had and, and what we keep fighting for. Some of the yeah. work that we've been doing on police reform, et cetera, uh, you know, I've been involved in years. I took on Daryl Gates uh, in Los Angeles. He's the one that really popularized that chokehold. And I yeah. took him on on that years ago. They did away with it in Los Angeles, but it was not in law. There are a number of cities that had uh, tried to undo it, but it was not placed in law. And now, you know, given, uh, you know, the uh, tragedy uh, that this world experienced with George Floyd, you know, dying, having been, you know, killed uh, with the knee pressing on his neck for almost nine minutes, uh, now we can get some of this stuff done, I hope. The Black Caucus has the police reform legislation that's on the desk of McConnell. It's still on his desk. They're trying to weaken it. Uh, they don't want to, you know, deal with the real issues, uh, the code of silence and all of that that has predominated in the police community. Uh, but, you know, we're going to just have to continue to fight on this and insist on this. I sent out a press release, and I basically said, you know, to the police of this country, you must not and you may not kill another unarmed black person, a b black man being killed, who unarmed, dying uh, at the hands of rogue cops uh, simply because they got a badge and a gun and they can get away with it. And mm. so, and just a few, let's, uh, last week in Los Angeles, you know, we got a lot of publicity because I did what I do all the time. I saw him stopping a brother. I jumped out of my car. I went to watch. And, of course, the deputies, the sheriff deputies didn't like it. They tried to give me a ticket. I told them, you can give me a ticket all you want, but I'm watching you. I got my eyes on you. And then Thank they you. say, well, if you don't sign the ticket, you could be arrested. I said, you can do that, too. I'm not signing a ticket. Then they said, but you have to sign a ticket. That's your promise to appear. I said, I'm not appearing anywhere. Now, do what you have to do. And, of course, they uh, had to give in and go on about their business. And I went on about mine because I wasn't yeah. about to take a ticket for doing what we all should do. We've got to pay attention. We've got to, here, here. We've got to pay attention. Angela Rye posted that video uh, on Facebook to uh, Congressman Waters of you getting out. Oh, checking, yeah. They tell me you're everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So we all know about that. So I don't know how your time is. We certainly appreciate you taking the time. 
Well, you're certainly welcome. And Eddie Wright, I want to thank you uh, for who you are and what you do. But more than that, I want to thank you for instilling in Angela the commitment to fight for her people and our people. And she's been doing it ever since I've met her and ever since I've known her. And it's all because of her mama and her daddy. Thank you so much. Here, here. Thank you. We sure appreciate you very much. And thank you so all we'll... for being on the call today. And uh, I visit First AME every chance I get. I've always done it over the years, but I love AMEs because it's the most progressive religion. Thank you. All right, now. Well said. All right. Thank now. you very much, Congressman Waters. We will Bless be in touch. Thanks, okay. Congressman Waters. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Okay, so we have John John on the line. John, uh, you got about three minutes, brother, but we can have you back next week because we didn't realize, you know, the voting thing was going to throw everything off like it did. So go ahead and share with our listeners the good news on how they can get some help while they stay at home yeah. and stay safe. Yeah, no, it's all good with me and, and uh, just an honor to be, um, you know, here and be able to listen in um, to Congresswoman Waters. Um, uh, yeah, and thank you to the pastor for your comments to her, because uh, obviously it was encouraging to her. Um, I know that our household um, always gets louder when uh, Congressman Waters gets on the TV, because we're excited. We know somebody's fighting for us. Um, and so let me just let me just before I bring up this event, talk about the other end um, and what we're working on here at the city um, and with all our partners in this regional pre-apprenticeship collaboration. Um, and one of those important things, and, and especially for all you white folks out there that are listening today, is uh, we got a job to do. Um, and we have a job to do specifically in our area, in our industry, and that is construction. Um, us white workers on these job sites have to be stepping up and um, getting the backs of our black and brown brothers and sisters on these projects and making it clear um, that we're all together and strong as one. Um, and so toward that end, we, since it's COVID and we can't get out to schools and communities to let people know, anybody out there listening, we want to come right into your living room and introduce you to some of these industry leaders, especially some of those uh, African-American um, leaders who have established full careers in this industry. So you can meet them uh, online with us every Tuesday and Thursday uh, for the next couple weeks, our next session starts literally in about 21 minutes, um, and we'll have industry leaders um, introducing you to how pre-apprenticeship and apprenticeship and support systems through our community organizations that we have available to get you a career with a family wage job. And so to find out more, you would go to PSRPAC, that's the Puget Sound Regional Pre-Apprenticeship Collaboration, PSRPAC.org. And under Upcoming Events, you'll see Connect Me to Construction Careers. And so every Tuesday and Thursday at 3 p.m., we'll be connecting you to construction careers where you can earn a family wage. And, John, we will, Hayward and I will I'll make sure that we uh, keep that information out as long as the classes are going on because they're broken down into various sections. So what we're going to do, yep. John, is we have to, we have to cut your time today, but we want you to we want to have you come back the next week or two to give us a report back on how well it's going, where we need to focus on to make sure we get some of our afternoon.
American young men and women involved in this process as well. So I want to thank you very much uh, for your time today, John. We sure appreciate you. Pastor Anderson, you still on the line? Yes, I am. Listening to every bit. Okay. Well, we got you. You stay on as long as you want to. But uh, I don't know. uh, Eric, do we have Shakunde Salisbury on? Okay. Uh, Yeah, our next guest, uh, along with uh, Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, uh, John Bershey from the city. Well, Chikundi, uh, we I got had to go over a little bit. We had Congresswoman Maxine Waters on for a very mm-hmm. nice conversation, and uh, uh, we know that you are a matter of fact. The gentleman, one of the gentlemen on, made uh, the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority possible, and that's Reverend Dr. Kerry Anderson, Senior Pastor First I mean, He's on the line right now, and Pastor Anderson Chikundi Salisbury is one of the board members for the Central District Community Preservation Development Authority that will be known as the McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development. So, uh, sir, why don't you share a little bit about your background? I read about you. It's very impressive, and you bring a lot to the table. So share with our listeners uh, a little bit about your background. Well, you know, I'm very very excited to be on the board, uh, Eddie. It's, uh, you know, I've had a business here in the central area for, uh, nearly 23 years uh, called C-Spot Media Group. And, you know, I've trained a lot of young people on uh, communications, marketing, uh, promotions. And so I'm excited to be able to to use the, the, the facility and the board there to be able to offer more uh, opportunity in our community. And why don't you share us a little bit about your background? I know you guys got the, the master's in computers, computer science, and you also had some other impressive involvements in the community, not to mention being a member of the Royal Esquire Club. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm most definitely a member of the Royal Esquire Club. I, just a little bit about me. Yes, indeed. I uh, graduated from Garfield High School in uh, 1987, you know, one of the greatest high schools in the state, if not the greatest. And uh, then I got my degree in computer science from Elizabeth City State University, HBCU, located in North Carolina, where I was a third-generation legacy student, and my daughter goes there now and is the fourth generation. So uh, our family is heavy into education and and, uh, progress. And so, uh, yeah, and then I've also been a 23-year city employee, uh, so just lots of ties here in the community, volunteered a lot of places. I was former president of the board over at Southeast Youth and Family Services. Uh, of course, I've worked with my mother for years, Reverend Harriet Walden, around police accountability. Um, so, yeah, I have a well-rounded um, experience here in the central area. I'm central area tried and true. Uh, although I wasn't able to purchase a home in the central area, uh, I've maintained a business there for a long time. Uh, and I think one of the, the things that I like to tell people is that I also worked at Garfield Community Center for a few years, and the mural that's right there on the side of the building that says, uh, we love Garfield, um, you know, I painted that mural with uh, my friend uh, Hiawatha D back in 1998. Mm-hmm. So lots mm-hmm. of legacy, um, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, with the central area. And so, yeah, this is a, a great time to be on this board. It's, it's good to have people with true, authentic, credible connections uh, as part of this board to help move the work that, you know, Reverend Anderson and others uh, uh, move forward. I'm happy to take the baton and, and continue this work. Yeah, and that's 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 great. Uh, I also want to let you know that Reverend Harry Walden hosts a, ra- a radio program, Mother's Justice Show, on this channel uh, every Monday at 2 o'clock. And she also was a stalwart member of the McKinney Coalition that helped bring this building to fruition. But I want to see if my co-host, Hayward Evans or either one of the guests had any questions for 
Shikande. Shikande, glad, glad that you're here with us today, and I hope everything's going well. Shikande, could you just give us a little more concrete what your vision is for the building? What programs, kind of programs, do you see operating out of the uh, McKinney Center for Community and Economic Development? Well, you know, one of the things I've talked about that I'd love to see at that building is uh, some type of, of modular space for young people uh, to, to kind of co-work at a very reduced or free uh, rate where you, you know, that we have so many creative young people in our, in our uh, community who are launching their own businesses, uh, whether that's, you know, a clothing line or designs or they're doing, uh, you know, we want to be able to support them. And I, I just see it as an economic hub for not only training to go into, you know, construction careers like, like the previous guest talked about and how Reverend Willis is doing that work there, but also people that want to pursue their entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, and, and, you know, so our youth don't have to, you know, meet up at the Starbucks in the parking lot. You know, I could see us having places for, you know, young people or even other people, uh, you know, older folks or established folks or people starting a new career. Imagine having, you know, office suites where you could actually come in and, and you know, be able to reserve a little space to have your meeting at uh, in the central area and then be around other folks that are trying to take you know, whatever their project is to the next level. And then I could also see having, uh, you know, organizations and institutions that also maintain some type of presence in or around the building that provide resources to folks that are coming in. So, for example, you know, say you have somebody that really wants to, you know, work in, uh, they have a clothing line, but they don't know how to market it. Perhaps there is some organization or person or resources in the building that could, to, could help train them. Uh, so, yeah, I see it as an as a economic hub for community um, development and for, uh, for training for whether you want to work as an entrepreneur in your own thing or you want to be trained for different careers. You know, I also see it as a great place. I could see, you know, coding classes in there. I could see working with local employers like, like Amazon uh, and others. You know, at any given time, you know, Amazon has 14. We have that meeting tomorrow at 11 o'clock, Chicago. I'm glad you said that. And also, uh, we do plan on having a business development center there to ensure yeah. that our entrepreneurs have all the technical assistance and guidance that they, they need. So uh, I just want to make sure so it that you like we're on the same page. Oh, there you go. That's exactly what it is. So Absolutely. we'll talk offline, too. So uh, uh, but uh, I want to see if uh, John, are you still online? Or Oh, that's right. He got to do his class. Uh, so, hey, do you have any other questions? But you yeah, no, I just like what you're saying, Chikunde. The Economic Development Center, that's something that we've been working on. We already have a commitment from Associated General Contractors, Washington State Labor Council, you name it. They're, they're on board. Now it's just yeah. a matter of putting it in place. But I love your vision. I think our vision's parallel. Absolutely. And like Eddie pointed out to you, we have a meeting there tomorrow looking at bringing on Amazon, Microsoft, all the big boys in the industry, because there's a need, there's a definite need. And and that yeah, was okay. primarily due, uh, due to uh, a, a, a gentleman who had been involved with all the sons uh, from India and had been in, uh, and he's uh, Black Lives uh, impressed him so much because he was just thinking his dad never could have got here had it not been for the work of our forefathers and paving the way. And so there are such certain segments of the Indian community, especially in technology, want to give back to the black community. And so uh, that's something we'll welcome with open arms. And we'll definitely, because uh, between you and uh, Sade Moore, 
Uh, you guys are the technology gurus. Uh, she's a senior manager at Amazon right now. So uh, we'll keep you posted, uh, you know, in terms of if we come up with any meetings and stuff, because we're trying to get ahead of the curve because we know it's going to take right. a few months to uh, go ahead and do uh, uh, the construction to get the building. But the first floor is being used right now by Pastor Willis. But let me ask uh, Eric, do we have uh, Jesse Weinberry on the line? Okay, so we're going to have you back on, brother. And uh, I'm going to okay. give you a call Thank after the program to see if you have time to attend this meeting tomorrow. All right. Thanks, fellas. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, thanks, fellas. Okay, uh, we got Jesse Weinberry on hold. We've got to take a break first. And we'll be back with Urban Forum with Hey, Whatever's of Eddie Rye after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Linklight Rail Station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Linklight Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Linklight Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. Hey, what happens? And Eddie Rye back in Urban Forum Northwest with former state representative, attorney Jesse Weinberry Sr., who has had to file another initiative because affirmative action was killed two years in a row by a certain Democrat in Olympia. And uh, so uh, welcome to Urban Forum again, Northwest once again, uh, Counselor. Uh, why don't you uh, let our listeners know exactly what the big announcement is and let's talk about Initiative 1776. Well, first of all, Eddie and Hayward, uh, I thank you for having me as a guest and I thank you for the work you guys do in the community every single day. And, uh, and, uh, and certainly we have been arm in arm uh, fighting to restore our affirmative action rights for women, for people of color, for African Americans, Asian, Native Americans, Hispanics. And uh, it is unfortunate that really when you look back at this history, because people ask me all the time, why, why don't you give up? Why, why are you guys still working to make this happen for us? And, 
and I compare it to a stain. You know, when you got a stain in that carpet or a stain on that furniture, uh, there's some people who just walk past the stain. They don't want to do anything about it. They don't want to remove the stain. Matter of fact, they'll fight you if, if they see you trying to clean it. But then there's others who will make sure that they don't walk past that stain one time without trying to clean it. And they will not give up cleaning it until it's gone. And that's what I-200 is. I-200 killed affirmative action, basically shut the doors to African Americans and other people of color when it, who, who want to get a, an education, who want to get a job, who want to start their own business and get a contract. It's already been proven by the state, thanks to Hayward Evans and other efforts to do disparity studies. They ended up uh, revealing that our community had lost $3.5 billion over the last 20 years since the stain of I-200 was put on our state. And so, yes, we've had, we've had some legislators in office who have been willing to accept that stain, who have been defiant in their energies and efforts to keep the stain uh, of discrimination on our state. And so we are not going to give up because, because uh, uh, there have been opponents. Anytime you're trying to do something positive for a community, expect that you will have opponents. And so that's why we are coming back with 1776. We have refiled it as an initiative to the legislature, and we are waiting now for the Secretary of State to issue our new number. And as soon as we get that number, we will have until New Year's Eve, ladies and gentlemen, until December 31st to gather our signatures, uh, partially because of COVID-19. But uh, uh, we don't want to wait. We want to get an early start so that we have more than enough signatures to take our case to the legislature and put, a, and put diversity, equity, inclusion back into the laws of this state and open up the doors of opportunity that you were just talking about with Jakundi. It's, 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 it's one thing to train people and to have them with the skills necessary and even the businesses to uh, engage with the state, but it's uh, very disappointing when the state will, will still stand in the way because of, this, because of this racist law and not award contracts to businesses that are more than qualified because they are prevented by I-200 from using race or gender as factors in their decision. So we are going to continue fighting, and I am highly confident that we will get the signatures, we will change the law, and create opportunities that are, that are long overdue for our communities to not just survive but thrive in Washington State. Just one quick question, uh, Representative Weinberry. Is it uh, discrimination when white male-owned firms receive 95% of the state contracts? That is proof of the systemic racism huh? that, that exists. When they are not, uh, uh, white-owned firms are only 38% of the firms in the state and are, and are, and are receiving or winning or actually been given 90, 95% of the contracts. That's proof right there. You can see in those numbers that there is systemic racism that's still alive and well in Washington State. 
I was I thought Hayward had a comment. Oh yeah, no, I do. Uh, uh, Representative Weinberry, first, thank you for being with us today, and thank you for all your hard work in fighting this racism that's out here. As uh, uh, Pastor Anderson stated earlier, the racism that this pandemic racism is just woven into the fabric of America, and like you were pointing out. There's always this law of correspondence. People are going to be in opposition. What can the everyday citizen do to support the efforts? And you have one minute because we're, we're going to have to. We are out of time. We got one minute, Jesse. Please, you can come back well, next that's week. Easy. That's easy. Go to yes on seventeen seventy six and contribute, volunteer, or uh, get ready to sign the new petition. The one advantage we have over George Floyd, rest his soul, is that none of our hands are cuffed behind our backs. We can use them to change the laws in our favor in Washington State. Okay, Jesse, we're going to keep you on as as long as this uh, petition thing, so you'll be a regular on because we definitely need equality. So thank you very much, my brother, for all your hard work. No, thank both of you. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, I want to thank uh, Sound Transit Small Business Development Labor Compliance Office, uh, the City of Sales Purchase and Construction Services Office, uh, Concourse Concessions, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, both out of SeaTac. Hopefully, the traffic will start on floor and he'll get back into business. Uh, Stephanie Ogle does our website, Soul Sys Media, and uh, Hayward Evans and Eddie Rye will be back at you next Thursday. This program will replay on Saturday. Saturday morning, 7 to 8, and you can hear the archive programs from Urban Forum Northwest on urbanforumnw.com. And uh, my number is uh, 206-786-2763. Give me a call. We'll talk to you again next week.